In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Our last podcast of the year. Last podcast of the year. This is pretty nuts. Today is the 28th. It's Clay's birthday today. Can't believe it's been a year. The last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, don't worry about it. There was no business stuff, no clinical stuff, no pearls of wisdom, except Nicole's crazy Christmas mind and what we should and shouldn't be doing around Christmas time. Yeah. So Nicole's, it's been a year with Clay. Accelerator is now open. So if you guys are listening to this and a business owner, make sure you're checking that out. If you want to transform your business in the next six months, that is the program for you. All of the details can be found at pelvicptrising.com slash accelerator. But we have modules, we have one-on-one call, we have group coaching calls. It's a whole program that's really designed to transform your business and make sure that the end of 2024 looks different than what things look like right now. So if you want to be improving your business, whether that's revenue, whether that's having more time for yourself, whether that's just feeling more organized and confident and settled, that program is going to be awesome. So that is now open. You can check it out at publicptrising.com slash accelerator. One of the things that came up as we were talking about this, and we talk about you guys who are in our programs like way too much, actually. <laughs> You're like regular dinner conversations. Oh, how was your call with so-and-so? What happened? What? Oh, did you hear about this? She added an admin, all the things. So we get really pumped for you guys. But one of the things that we were talking about a little bit, we've now worked with 450 plus businesses in our mentorship programs and the things that we do in Rising. We're hoping that that's going to go over 500 with this. It's kind of crazy, Nicole, with this accelerator. Yeah. But we were thinking about what are some of the characteristics that really stand out that make a successful practice owner and not necessarily just financially successful, but somebody who has a business that is working for them. And so what are some of the things that we, what are the patterns that we're starting to see with some of this? So we wanted to talk with you guys about them before we dive in. I think we should just acknowledge that part of at least how quickly you grow is always going to be a matter of luck. So we just want to throw that out there as well about luck, timing, when things happen, that is a factor with things. But pelvic sanity grew as quickly as it did in large part because of the timing, Nicole, where, you know, you and I, we had cats, not kids. We were able to pour a ton of stuff into it. I was able to help. You know, that's a circumstance that not everybody finds themselves Our first hire was like really pretty awesome. Like at the time, Jesse had the ability to help me a lot. So there was a certain amount of things, sort of stars aligning that allow us to grow that fast. I will also say that what we have not been able to sort of nail down. So these are some characteristics that 
we know we see in successful business owners, practice owners. What we haven't been able to quite frankly to nail down is how fast people grow. And maybe it is because of this luck situation where some people it just hits and some people it takes a lot more like a slow burn to do it. So we haven't seen any huge pattern in how quickly it goes, which I think is a really important thing to understand if you're thinking about starting your business, that you don't know. You have to be ready for all types of growth, fast growth, medium growth, and a little bit more of slow growth. And that's why really understanding your numbers and your financial runway that we talk about in the Kickstart program is like really, really important to understand because there are things that you can do to expedite it. But the people that just like open their doors and blow up, like, I don't think we could have predicted that for pelvic sanity. Yeah. And for some of the people that we work with, it sometimes it's a little bit surprising. I've actually had coaching calls where it's like, I actually don't know. I feel like you're doing all the right things. We go through the checklist, we check everything out. And it's sometimes it's just keep grinding. And eventually those folks, it's really fun when it happens for them because it doesn't happen maybe as quickly as they want to. And then all of a sudden, it's usually just like out of the blue, quote unquote, success that is a year's worth of work that they've put in. And for some reason, it's paying off now. So if you're in that or you're not growing as quickly as you would like to be, you know, sometimes it is just about having faith in that system and and keeping pushing forward. So here are some of the characteristics, though, that we have identified. And I think one of these, Nicole, really resonates with the way that you talk about stuff, but is knowing your why and really having a clear vision of where you're going and really more importantly, why you're starting your practice. And I think sometimes we see this when sometimes folks maybe couldn't find a place to work or they really hated where they were and they just thought that starting a business would be like the next thing or somebody encouraged them to do it and they knew that they had the ability to, but they never really want to make that leap because there's not a, a driving why. And this shit's hard. So if there's not a like a burning inside of you for creating for whatever reason that is, it can be a little bit hard to stay motivated, to take the risk, to feel like it's worth it, to have those setbacks that you're going to have in business if you're not clear on what you want this thing to be. Yeah, I feel like some of the more frustrated folks that we've worked with grew and didn't have their vision really nailed down. And then decisions get really hard because... There isn't a clear, yes, this fits with what I want to do, and no, this doesn't. So it can really sort of impact your decision-making. If this isn't clear, it can impact when things get hard, and they will. It affects how your resiliency, essentially, in what you're doing. So I really believe that, that this is an unavoidable factor of business, Because what we've seen is that even if you don't have it clear at the beginning, at some point in your business journey, you're going to have something hit you in the face that is going to be very clear that this might be an issue where you, you haven't sat down and really thought about, and it's going to force you to confront that issue. So we have seen the most successful people are having a very clear vision and they're very clear why from the beginning. And it doesn't really waver that much. Now, your way that you serve people can change. And we're not saying that that you can't have variability in your business and, and different paths that you take overall. But overall, like that underlying passion for why you're doing what you're doing and who you're serving 
and how this is going to impact your life and what you see ahead for yourself that the more successful people that we've coached, that has been clear from the beginning. Let me give you a really good example of this is we've had many people who come into the program who are really clear on this, who say, look, here's my why. I want to make the same amount of money I was making working for someone else. I want to be able to control my schedule so I could be there to pick up my kids at three o'clock every single day. And I want to be able to practice hour-long treatment sessions in a place that is actually devoted to pelvic health so I can provide great care. Boom. That person is going to be successful. And I like what you said, Nicole, about making decisions easier. That it starts to become easier when you have that clear of a vision. And now you're saying, well, this person approached me to maybe co-teach some doula classes. Or maybe I thought about branching into doing a whole bunch of online education. And the people who are really clear on that say, well, does that serve what I wanted to do? If the answer is no, it's really easy to say no to partnering with somebody on a doula program that you're not really passionate about because your whole goal was to be off work at three o'clock to hang out with your kids, not to be out at seven o'clock teaching classes. So it really makes a lot of your stuff easy. And I think it prevents a lot of the waffling early on. They can see, or if you're kind of stuck in running a side hustle for years, a lot of times that's also not really being clear on why. And this is another really big one, Nicole. If I had to rank these, this one might be pretty high on the list. Yeah, we're like doing this in no particular order. Right. <laughs> because all of a sudden we're like, ooh, this is, we're doing this second and this then this one. should be first. But self-awareness. Dude. Just having some self-awareness. And I mean, this is something I will speak to because I would not characterize myself before running a business as particularly self-aware. It's probably the understatement of the century, as Nicole is looking <laughs> I'm at like me. looking at him being like, oh, this is interesting that you're admitting that. <laughs> but I do think that running a business is will help you find self-awareness, but you have to be paying attention to the things that you like, the things that you don't. What are you good at? What are your limitations? If you're super extroverted and you love creating connections in the community and being out there, then what the hell are you doing behind the keyboard trying to set up Google ads for your business? Like have some self-awareness. Like we have some folks who I literally just say, hey, marketing wise, just go out, walk around town. It seems like every time we talk, you've spoken to eight people at the nail salon and they're all coming in. Like you don't need to do marketing. You just need to let your personality out. Conversely, a lot of people are out there. Well, I should be doing all of this stuff. This is where you kind of should all over yourself and don't realize that you may not like it, that you're not good at it, that, you know, maybe TikTok dancing isn't for you. Sorry (laughs) if I'm bursting anybody's bubble there, but like. I don't know. Were you trained as a professional dancer? I also feel like self-awareness comes in when you make a mistake or when something triggers you at work or something really gets under your skin. Figuring out and having a, a, let's look at me first, like why did that bother me? Why do I not want to confront this person on a cancellation policy situation? Like, am I not good at confrontation? Why is that? What do I get anxiety about? What do I think is going to happen? Sometimes it's also dealing with the challenging things and really sort of needing to look at, wow, I've actually never been good at this because of insert whatever the hell happened to you or some, you know, the way that you grew up or the way that you learned something. And and then having that ability to say like, wow, what am I going to do about that? That's a fixable thing and I can work on it and 
where did that come from and how am I going to fix it? And how is it going to translate into me being a better business owner? Also, the understanding that doing self-awareness type practices never ends. It's not like you just fix the one thing that is the most prominent roadblock. And then it's like, cool, I'm good. Now I don't have to look at why I got mad when somebody called in sick. Like that happened to me, right? I got pissed when one of my employees called in sick, not at them, but to (laughs) Jesse. But then it's like, why is that angering me? And it's like, you have to look at really that came from a worry about the patients and what it was going to mean for the reputation of the practice and this weird thing. Like, because I just had never gotten sick before, not very much Then like, I felt like, where was that coming from? Why do I feel like everybody should be like me? That's not a thing. Like, so all of that is to say that there was a lot of like looking inside and being like, why did that actually make me irritated? Why am I feeling insecure about the business? And then working on that in order to move your business forward. The other thing I want to just say real quickly about self-awareness is sometimes it's really helpful to just go with your own personality go with the flow instead of trying to fight it. One of my favorite lines is talking about when you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. But sometimes it's not about, you know, we think about self-awareness and like, oh, I'm bad at this thing. I need to get better at that. And sometimes that's the case. But sometimes it's actually using those personality traits. Like Nicole's a procrastinator, but she's great at finishing up stuff right before the deadline. It always gets done. So she could say, hey, I don't like being a procrastinator and I really should be putting in 30 minutes worth of work on this course every day for three months to get this thing done. Or the nice thing about doing it the day before is it only takes a day, right? (laughs) But that's, you know, using your own stuff. But you don't know that if you're not self-aware and you can't do that. So just be thinking about that. If you need external accountability, you can really try. Gretchen Rubin talks a lot about this in her books. But you can really try to force yourself to be that super goal-oriented, I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock and go for a run and then do burpees and then do all the things and I'm going to meditate and all the stuff. And if that's not you and that hasn't been you before in your life, trying to brute force that is going to be a failure. But what helps with that stuff? Accountability. I had no problem getting up and working out when I was part of a basketball team. Now getting up and doing it's really difficult. Why? Because there's no accountability. So maybe it's not trying to fight against your character. It's just saying, hey... This is who I am. How do I inject some accountability into that? So ways to kind of get around that, but you can't do any of those things if you're not self-aware. And continually working on it and finding areas that you need to get better at. All right, Nicole, I like this one. This is more for just even just happiness and consistency in the business journey, but accept seasons in your business. And we did a whole podcast about this, that there are ups and downs or seasons. One of the things about growth We always say it never happens exactly how we want it. It's either growing way too fast and it's really scary or slower than you want. No one's ever had a perfect growth curve in their business. But accept that there's going to be seasons. When you're first starting a business, it's going to be a shit ton of work. And it's going to be really hard because you're doing a bunch of new things for the first time. You're not a web designer, but you're creating a website. You're not a marketer, but you're sending out your first emails. You're not a social media marketer, but you're creating content. There's going to be really difficult things early on in the business. There's going to be times when it's a little bit slow. A lot of you guys might be feeling that way right now. December can be a funky month for some people. If you're feeling some kind of way that December was not as good as November and you don't know how the business is going to go, 
Sometimes it's just about accepting the seasons in your business because they are going to happen. Totally. The other accepting season. So the again, remember, this is a characteristics of successful practice owners. I feel like the people that accept that there are seasons of their own life as well, where they're willing to modify goals, willing to not be hard on themselves during certain periods of time in their life, and also still want to be a business owner during this entire time. The people that we see that are the most successful and by extension, the most happy in business are people that will accept seasonality in their business and seasonality within their life as well. And sometimes those things don't mesh. And the people that we find are most successful and happy are the people that kind of are able to go with that flow for whatever reason. And that's just, I feel like one of the biggest things that we've seen not to go against that grain and fight against something a good example is is if someone's have a pregnant and having a difficult pregnancy and and even just not even difficult pregnancy but just like tired <laughs> a lot it's like instead of being like wow i have to grind and push forward through that like you can just the people that are most successful are the people that are like wow it goes back a little bit to self awareness wow this is a time when it's okay for me to slow down to modify my goals i'm still doing well, I'm still moving forward. I'm just not moving forward at the pace that I maybe thought I was going to during this time. And that's okay. And everything's modifiable, adjustable, and you're still moving through. That's one of the things, frankly, Nicole, that I think getting coaching has done for me is help me to accept the seasonality of things and saying that it doesn't have to be all gas, no brakes all the time, which is my personality. That's where I kind of tend toward And being able to say like, hey, you just had a baby. You want to spend time with him. Like maybe this isn't the time to set a million goals about crushing numbers in your business. Yeah. Just being able to to get that outside perspective for me was incredibly valuable. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things, honestly, for us that helped us just be able to talk about it and... Take a real maternity leave and all all of the things, right? Is the business will still be there. That's not the most important thing at this season of our lives. Next one here, this one is just really important for, I think, all of us, but as business owners, particularly a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And you guys have probably heard either us talking about that or there's a ton of research around this. But basically, a growth mindset is saying that I believe that I can figure it out, right? It's trusting yourself to handle the process. A fixed mindset, and sometimes if you guys hear these soundtracks that are in your mind, I'm not good with numbers. I can't get on social media. I'm not great in front of groups. I'm not really cut out to be a business owner. I can't handle conflict. Right? Those are all fixed mindset statements as opposed to, hey, maybe I'm not traditionally, I haven't been good with numbers, but I can learn. You guys took biochem, correct? (laughs) Most of us. That shit's hard. Totally. I changed my major so I wouldn't have to take that class. Like, you guys have done hard things, right? This is, it's kind of just accepting, like, I can figure this shit out. I can figure out how to do a website. I can figure out how to market. I can figure out how to do all of the things that I need to do in my business. But having that attitude and cultivating that attitude, I think, is incredibly important as you're growing. So... Also with growth mindset is just the understanding and the trust that you need to have that 
you will be able to figure it out. And nobody, and us included, nobody starts out with all of the skills and all of the things that you need to run in a successful business. The growth mindset part of that is to have faith and trust in yourself and belief in yourself that you're going to be able to figure out things as they come up. And that, I think, is one of the characteristics that we've seen some of our most successful people go through the program are problem comes, they don't know something, they're immediately like, let me just figure this out. I need to figure this out. I can do it. I have the resources to be able to get help to do that, you know, and then combine that with some great self-awareness. Either I'm going to be able to do it or I'm going to be able to figure out somebody else that can help me because I'm actually not that good at that. All of those things start now to kind of commingle to make you be a really successful practice owner. Yeah, a real good example of this, Nicole, that, that kind of comes to mind after you just said that is that knee jerk, I'm going to have somebody else do it for me. Oh, websites are hard here. Here's $10,000 to build a website for me. Oh, looking at forms is hard. I'm going to pay a lawyer four grand. Like a lot of times when we get taken advantage of, frankly, early in the business, or we have that, I need to farm this out immediately without even understanding it. It's because we're feeling in that fixed mindset. It's like, I'm not a web designer. I can't do that. It's not, hey, what can I actually do? And can I do this thing? And oh, I've actually tried this and it didn't go that great. So yeah, maybe now it is time to outsource that. It's not saying you can never outsource anything, but just be careful if you're outsourcing it and you really don't understand it and you haven't put the effort in to get an idea. A lot of times that's kind of sitting in that fixed mindset of it's not something I can do. Someone else, please help me. As opposed to going out, getting coaching, figuring it out, looking online, checking it out on YouTube, whatever that might be. Number five here is just hard work. Yeah, man, this just needed to go in. I mean, I feel like what happens a lot of the times is be if, especially if you misdo number one, where it's like, know your why, you get into business ownership because there's a negative experience happening at your job. You think you've seen it on Instagram and it's kind of easy. Or you have this mentality that I need more work-life balance, therefore I'm going to start my business. And so kind of going a little bit with like accepting seasons where we talked about like there will be a shit ton of hard work, especially at the beginning. But overall, this shit is hard. It takes hard work. It takes consistent hard work. And anybody that says otherwise is trying to sell you something or just a complete idiot. Yes. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So it, you have to work hard. There is no, oh, I'm just going to start my business and it, things are going to get easier. That's not what happens. And the amount you work is going to be proportionate to the amount of success you have or how quickly you're able to grow. So sometimes this might be just a season in your life where you're not able to put that in. But then we need to also have an understanding of, well, I can't expect that same kind of outcome that I could have had if it's not the time where I can be putting in a ton of work. Or if you're still working for somebody else and your business is a side hustle and you've been stuck there for a long time and it feels like, oh, I've been there for so long, I just can't grow. Well, how much work are you really able to put into your business? Sometimes it's amazing that you've got six patients when this is a side hustle and you're only doing it one day a week. You're not putting in the time. You're not putting in the hours. And we also want to make sure that that work is productive, that it's focused in the right direction. You're working on the right things. But at some point, like just putting in the work, brute forcing it, 
like there's no substitute for just doing the work. Yeah. And by the way, if you find yourself saying things like, oh, I'm just going to hire somebody so I can not trade my time for money or so that I can have more passive income, I'm going to do this online course or whatever. Like anytime that you're trying to like trick yourself into believing that those things are easy and that they don't take work is just doing a disservice to yourself. And so it does take hard work, nothing that yields a lot of money or more time for yourself, like anything that yields those types of products doesn't come without some hard work on the front end of that. Like there is no way around that. And so we always want to keep it real on this podcast and cut some of the bullshit and where your bullshit meter can go up now when you hear some of that stuff. Those are marketing terms for you. And we talk about that in the accelerator of, look, here's going to be a way to make sure you're working and focusing on the right stuff, but you got to do the work. It's not a done for you anything like your success, your outcome will be dictated in large part by the amount of work you put in and the action that you take. You're right, Nicole. I see this all the time where I just saw like literally in the inbox the other day. Hey, see, go from treating patients to coaching people two hours a week and you'll make more than you've made before in your life. You're like, like, what the hell are you talking about? It can't possibly be true. It's just like. Just do the math. Yeah. But but the work. The work. And. To be honest with you guys, now having gone through it, like there's something really cool about you wouldn't want the kind of success that comes super easy. It doesn't. So all of these like get rich quick schemes, this, oh, this Facebook ad will just get you a flow of patience and you'll have a hundred thousand dollar months all the time. Like that drives us crazy. There's going to be work associated with whatever you want to do. Number six is one we've talked about, I think Nicole before, but radical responsibility. And I think this is a Brene Brown term, but whoever it is, I love it. It's basically saying that anything that goes wrong in your business, anything that happens in your business, you have control over. And it goes back to another thing. I love the quote of, you know, every system is perfectly designed to get the results that it gets, like by definition. So if you're having at your business a problem with employee morale, if you're having a problem in getting people in the door of marketing, if you're having a problem getting buy-in and keeping them, Look inside first. It's not that your town is the only town in the world where a cash practice doesn't happen or man, it's the economy and everything's going downhill and we're going toward a recession. So no one wants to spend any money or it's the holidays and I can't get anybody to want to come in the door. Like look inside and say, look, that's on me. I'm not doing a good enough job making whatever change that is. And that's, it seems a little bit scary especially when you've got employees and you've got other perturbations in the business that you don't really have control of. But I, I promise you, it's actually a very freeing feeling where you're, you're kind of stepping into the power of having your own business and saying, look, if there's something wrong here, I can change it. It's on me for better or for worse. Yeah. I feel like this radical responsibility goes really hand in hand with this growth mindset and self-awareness because, and I'll qualify this, the people that we've seen in our rising programs that are the most successful practice owners have this mentality of radical responsibility, but also have it with an amazing amount of self-confidence. And it doesn't turn into, I screwed up and this thing is happening and therefore I'm an idiot or I'm not cut out for this or I'm never going to be able to have this work. Right. So it goes really hand in hand with that radical responsibility and growth mindset that 
The buck does stop with us. Every single thing that goes wrong at Pelvic Sanity or even at Pelvic PT Rising is both of us. For Jesse, it goes back to him. For me, it goes back to me. Like it's us both collectively and individually. And, but also, it doesn't mean that that idea was terrible. It doesn't mean that we can't fix something. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't be in this business. It doesn't mean any of those negative things. If when it goes hand in hand with that growth mindset, it's like, and also I have the capability to fix the thing. Or if it goes hand in hand with self-awareness, my limitation in the way that my brain is processing this right now needs work so that I can unlock that next level of the business. Absolutely. And business growth is personal growth. We say that all the time with us. Just to give me an example of radical responsibility, a time when it wasn't going as well for us, I came home. I'm super frustrated. I was sitting by the front desk. Our front desk person is answering the phone and they're doing it wrong right? They're not going through the script. They're not connecting with the person. They're not doing all the stuff we talk about in the accelerator program. It's like at our own clinic. And my first inclination, like a lot of you is what is wrong with that person? What is wrong with our front desk person? I've told her this. How could she get this wrong? This is so important. What is the matter with her? And radical responsibility flips that on its head and says, clearly, I did not do something that I needed to do in order to put her in a position to succeed. So is that the fact that I didn't make myself clear? Is that the fact that I haven't been doing ongoing training? I literally told her this once six months ago, and I expect her to have it verbatim, word for word, six months down the road. It's like, that's an unrealistic expectation. That's on me. So what are we going to do? We're going to stop. We're going to do another training session. We're going to implement something. All of that stuff, that positive action comes out of that radical responsibility. If I just keep saying like, well, she just doesn't care about her job, then what's the action that I take about that? Maybe I fire her. I'm probably not going to do that. So, you know, there's no action to be taken. Now, immediately when you take responsibility for it, I can think of 10 different ways that I can make that better. And so that's the power of that radical responsibility. It's not just sitting there and and saying, oh, this bad thing is happening. It's saying, hey, it's my business. I actually get to control that. And there's a freedom in that when you can actually step into that kind of responsibility and power with it. So radical responsibility is number six. Number seven, Nicole, just clarity and focus on a plan. Like just knowing what you're doing, where you're going, where you're going to be spending your time when that patient late cancels, knowing what to do and having a plan in place. It's critical. Yes, 100%. And executing that plan, I feel like this is an area that coaching can really help with, to be quite honest. I feel like most people, because you can have a good vision and you can have a good number one that we talked about. You can have a good vision of where your overall business is going, but then the execution of that on the day-to-day is really important. And the people that are most successful are either inherently the best at that, or they work the hardest at really focusing and breaking down their overall vision and goals into actionable steps that are broken down into, if I have 10 minutes, I'm going to do this. If I have 30 minutes, I'm going to do that. If I have an hour or two hours, I'm going to do this. And all of it leads back to that ultimate vision and goal. But I feel like we left this for last because I feel like 
the characteristics of that successful practice owner are that clarity and focus on knowing how to implement those pieces. Absolutely. This is where we talk about knowing your limiting factor. So you know what the limiting thing is in your business. So you you know what you should be working on, where you should be focusing your time and energy. And to be honest, if you are devoted to and put time and effort and energy into almost any plan, you will get good results. Now, some plans are obviously way better than others. Some are more consistent. Some are more authentic to you and the kind of business you want to run. So I'm not saying the type of plan doesn't matter. But the people who are, even if you're executing a bad plan, as long as you're executing it, you're going to get better results than somebody who's not executing eight great plans because they have all of these different ideas and no focus and no clarity on what they're doing. So if you guys have ever felt that where you have an hour and you're literally like, I don't know what to do, getting clarity on that is going to be so key to pushing your business forward as we head into 2024. I would really encourage you to think about what that is. What's the thing that's the big focus for your business right now? Because if you're having those moments where you just don't know what to be doing, it's a real sign that that clarity and that focus is lacking for you. So I hope these have been helpful for you guys. These are seven going back through them. One is to know your why. Two is self-awareness. Three was to accept seasons and seasonality in your business. Four is having that growth mindset. Five is just putting in the hard work. Six is radical responsibility. It's all your fault, and that's a good thing. And then number seven is clarity and focus on your plan. So this is a list of the seven characteristics of successful practice owners that we've seen come through time and time again, and all of the people that we've worked with, all the different personalities, all the different places that public health, cash-based practices can exist. And so we really just hope that that helps you. We really hope that you can pick a couple of these ones to really work on yourself. You might be crushing a couple and then others, you're going to be like, oh, yikes, I either need to do better with that or I need to get help with that. And we're here for that too. Absolutely. So remember, the Accelerator program is now open. If you are an existing business owner and you want things to be different by the end of 2024, make sure you are looking at that. I'm so excited for those folks who are heading in. We had such amazing results for the last group. We had 132 go through the first cohort. So grateful to all of them for taking a chance on a brand new program. But seeing the results that they had, not just on the financial side, but the growth in confidence, the growth in, again, clarity, just knowing where they were going, the growth in their time freedom, those things were really exciting for us to see. And I think that's that's one of the reasons that we love working with folks over that six-month time frame is it's short enough to keep it focused. It keeps you on pace. It keeps you moving. But it's long enough to actually see some real, true, lasting results. So if you guys are interested in that, check that out at publicptrising.com slash accelerator. All of the program details are there. So grateful for all of you who have listened in with us this year. It's been a fun year on the podcast. We've loved hearing back from you. As always, let's keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.